T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Or not. Nada Sanders joins us now, distinguished professor of supply chain management at Northeastern University to help us just figure out what's going on. Good morning, Nada. How are you? Hi, Tommy. Great to to be on. Fine, thank you. Well, it's nice to have you on again. We appreciate your time. Happy New Year, because we haven't spoken. I hope the, hol- the holidays were nice. To you, uh, great, uh, great. And um, you know, I was thinking when you were going to have me on the show. Do you remember uh, one of the? I think right before Thanksgiving when you had me on. Uh-huh. Do you remember I said? Oh, Tommy, we've got this pesky bird flu. Yes, I do. Right? And Mm -hmm. and you said, well, here we are. Well, for people that don't remember, recap, Nada. I shouldn't have interrupted. Please go ahead. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. So, you know, uh, I've been on your show. I I love being on. And we sort of look at what's going on, supply chain uh, issues. And one of the things at the time, we were talking about different issues. And one of the things that at the time I, I saw coming was this bird flu. And um, uh, this is right before Thanksgiving. So we were expecting the price of poultry to go up, the price of eggs to go up. And uh, indeed, that has happened, and it is continuing to do so. So really what the bottom line is, is that we have seen, and I'm not a poultry expert. Mm-hmm. There's you know, many of your listeners probably know way more than I do. But there is this uh, this avian flu that has hit uh, the, uh, the, the U.S. and apparently comes from wild birds, infect hens and, 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 and farm livestock of various types. But basically, this has been record. I was even reading somewhere where um, this has been, I guess, the greatest hazard that has hit um, you know, animal farming in U.S. history. We have lost about 60 million, close to 60 million uh, poultry and fowl. And most of these have been um, uh, uh, egg-laying hens. So the bottom line is, Um, really what we've had is the supply has completely gone down. The demand, especially during the holidays when people are baking and using eggs, um, and and kind of going back to something that I said much, much earlier on your show, is we've had these supply chain problems from COVID that we never fully recovered. So we've got multiple things going on, and then when you have – an event that happens, like the avian flu, um, you know, our systems are just uh, are just weak that they can't rebound because we have other things that are going on. The uh, Ukraine situation, and most of us are thinking, what is that? That's way over there. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is, is that prices of fertilizer, of animal feed, well, that 
impact you and I because that ultimately means, you know, what we're able to buy at the grocery store. We have seen the price of eggs. It's it's unbelievable, Tommy. It has really skyrocketed. January, I was looking at some numbers, beginning of uh, 2022, I think it was something like $1.93 on the average for a dozen. December, it was uh, $4.25 on the average. And some states like California were seeing close to $8. I will give you... um, $8 for a dozen eggs? In California, close to $8, right? Wow. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's so and 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 it is also impacting other things where eggs are used, such as butter, um, mayonnaise, things like that. Those prices are also going up. Do you need eggs to make bread? I was going to ask you that question, not about food chain and and where eggs fit into this, how important they are and everybody's. Diet. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a public service announcement here or anything, but how integral are they a part of people's diet? And, and when you talk about, pardon the pun, baked in, but they really are into a lot of different things, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, I only know from my own cooking that you do need eggs and bread, but you don't have to have them. Okay. There's many ways to do it. Um, now, I, if I may say something, sure. you asked me a very interesting question when we talked about this last time before Thanksgiving. You asked me, why don't we eat turkey eggs? I don't know if you remember asking me I that did question. ask you that. That's right. Why don't we eat turkey eggs? I, and, I, and I looked it up. I was curious. So apparently turkey eggs are delicious mm. and even tastier than hen eggs. However, um, Turkeys take something like you know, much, much twice the amount of time to lay the eggs, and they lay very few eggs. So that's really what the key is. So I was reading that if we were to buy turkey eggs, it would be something like $10 a dozen simply because we don't have the supply. So there we go. Do you know if you can even get them? I don't know. I, I actually was I was curious. And apparently some people that have turkeys will say, oh, I have a turkey. It lays one egg a day or one egg a week. I don't remember. Um, but so you can get them. And I suppose there's plenty of farmers out there that could speak to that. But the bottom line is, and it's kind of what you're what you were just asking. This is impacting consumers. It is impacting restaurants. I mean, restaurants are having to really adjust their menus. And especially if you consider small restaurants, you know, the mom and pop kind of, you know, uh, uh, they're struggling and they're really having to redo their menus. Um, I think for everybody out there, we're all, whether it's a restaurant or you and I, having to reshift our menus in order to, you know, eat what we can find at a more reasonable rate because I think the, the, the predictions are, and, and I've done you know quite a bit of research on it, um, prices might abate just a little bit for eggs right now uh, simply because as we move away from the holiday season, people bake less and so forth. However, Easter is mm. coming, and you and I know what we use for Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, and apparently this avian flu, uh, the word is, it depends how it is handled. So it is not, we're not out of the woods with it. And um, um, there's, I'm kind of reading that it may uh, be with us kind of like COVID in a more muted form. So um, it may abate, then it may come back. 
eventually, I'm hoping the prices um, level off. But between Ukraine, between the animal feeds, then there's another issue, too, is the energy prices that people don't think about energy prices. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, to refrigerate milk and dairy in transit is also more expensive. And that also means that we see that when we go to the grocery store. So I think that I think consumers need to really pay attention and buy what is available at the lower price and be very flexible and not rigid. And that, of course, I know I know restaurants are rapidly trying to adjust their menus because they have to stay in business. You know, what's crazy, Nadia, is I haven't had an egg in I don't know how long, and now I'm dying for an omelet just because we're talking about it. Let me take a break. Know, right? We come back. You know, supply chain is a, a phrase that became familiar to all of us after COVID. I wish we'd never heard of it, and I wish it would just be going on in the background, but that's not the case. We come back. We'll talk about recovery from COVID with supply chain because there's always lag time involved in this. And what uh, areas of the economy are still hurting in terms of supply chain issues? Are these changes permanent or, or will they eventually things eventually get back to where they were before COVID? We're talking to Nada Sanders, Distinguished Professor of Supply Chain Management at Northeastern University. If you have any questions or comments, you can text them to the Oakland Jeweler Talk and Text Line at 504-260-1870. And I'll pass them along when we come back here on WWL. Pardon me, got a false start, 923. Tommy Tucker, anxious to get back to Nada Sanders, our friend, distinguished professor of supply chain management at Northeastern University. I'm getting um, I'm getting some text here, Nada, saying people are paying $8.88 a dozen for eggs here. Oh, my gosh. One person said $8.88 a dozen, somebody else eight ninety nine for a dozen and a half. Um, so, as I said, every time we speak, I love you, Nada, but I wish we'd never heard of supply chains. <laughs> I no. wish you had just and been too, working quietly behind the scenes where we never knew anything about this. Unfortunately, we all became familiar with it far too much so during COVID. And I just wonder, uh, when you talk about lead time, lag time, somebody texted in that China's having COVID problems again. Eventually, it's going to be more supply chain issues for us. How do you go about evaluating supply chains? Because I imagine a bunch of different like rivers go into one big supply chain and it affects different areas of the economy rather. So I don't know if you wanted to break it down into like where we recovered, where we've not recovered, will we ever fully recover from the supply chain issues caused by COVID? Those are great questions. And um, we could spend two hours literally talking about this. And whoever whoever had texted in about the continued problems with China, mm. absolutely correct. Uh, your listeners are amazing with the prices of eggs. Uh, it's really scary. So I'm going to be really quick. What you have said with regard to the rivers going into the kind of one big one, 100% spot on. Um, when you mentioned supply chains kind of being in the background, that was absolutely correct. Uh, and I could tell you that uh, things happened in the past always. That's just part of the nature of supply chains. And supply chain managers, workers, executives, they fixed it and nobody knew. You and I didn't know. The average person didn't, didn't know. Um, I, I can tell you that was actually part of the problem. And I can tell you in businesses, and I work with so many businesses uh, and talk to so many 
executives, supply chain was never sort of the big, uh, cool kid on the block in any business or corporation. You know, they sort of move boxes, they transport things. You know, they're, they're not the cool entity. You know, it's marketing that tends to be considered the cool entity. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is this is where so much of the money is, uh, is placed and consumers – Customers uh, depend on the goods arriving. Supply chains make things happen. And it was COVID, the massive, the gravity of it, that caused everything to collapse. To answer your question, is it going to come back? I can tell you almost categorically the answer is no. We are never going back to 2018 and 2019. I think uh, consumers, businesses, everybody has to be ready and understand because of all the factors. Um, so many businesses right now are trying to reshore and um, at minimum shift where they source. Um, I listened to one of the ads, Community Coffee, and I just thought that is exactly community. We need community. We need to bring as much as we possibly uh, can back home. We cannot, you know, what the consequences were of trying to chase cheap sources of supply, cheap labor. Uh, we were able to buy things at a very low price, especially if you look at apparel and fast fashion. Um, you know, it, it's it's offered at a low price, but the fact of the matter is um, we're not making this stuff here. It may cost more, but we have to make sure that we have things that are homegrown. I tell everybody that when I speak to my students – Go out and frequent, frequent your local uh, small restaurants, your local bookshops, um, your your local stores, because if you don't, they're not going to be there and you have to support local growth. So right now we are seeing industries across all sectors, I can tell you. Um, shifting uh, at least partly from China. They are trying to bring things back to the U.S. or they're moving to Vietnam. They're moving to, you know, to other areas to diversify. That is really important. So because what we were, we were dependent not only on um, uh, sourcing from overseas, but also in many cases from one location that is very dangerous. Uh, So if you're sourcing everything from China, Apple's a great example. I mean, you know, primarily everything is made at Foxconn uh, in China. So even now, Apple is moving to, you know, kind of spreading things out. So we're seeing this across the board happening, but it will take time. It will take years um, until the pictures are built. And so that's kind of where we, um, where we are. I don't think we are ever going to see um, 2018 coming back. You know, one question I had when it comes to um, inflation and some items, especially big ticket items like a car, if a car, and you know, I see trucks now with with um, not big trucks, but fifty nine thousand dollars sticker prices. The big trucks can go to eighty thousand, ninety thousand um, dollars. If the the materials that are in that truck were, and the truck was constructed during times of inflation, well, then those materials cost more. Stay with me here, not I'm a student, not a professor, but the materials that are in that vehicle cost more. So I don't see the price of that vehicle coming down because the cost is already there from the time it was built with the inflationary times, right? That's right. That's right. And even with eggs, it was my understanding that a lot of the retailers 
uh, when the price of eggs really uh, skyrocketed, they actually sold them somewhat below cost. Um, And so consumers don't know that, but that's actually one of the reasons why probably the prices won't drop as quickly, uh, even as um, supply grows. So you're, you're absolutely correct uh, when you even look at a vehicle. I mean, these businesses have to stay in business. So I think we sort of have this fine line between, obviously, we're protecting, we want to protect consumers and, um, you know, uh, but at the same time, a business has to make money. uh, So it's the cost of what what the what the components are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the you know, I think that you had, um, you know, one of the things that you had asked was what are the areas that are Uh, continuing and will continue to be weak. And other than food, which, by the way, um, while inflation, the numbers dropped just a little bit. We went from 7.1% in November to 6.5% in December, though I think the average person, you and I, haven't really felt it. But food has gone up 10.4% in December. So food is continuing to be really high. The other area is anything that depends on semiconductors, appliances, cars, computers, you know, any of you know, the, the things that we are so used to, uh, any of those things. Um, I mean, we're slowly uh, really working to bring everything back home. And uh, I think having to simplify and perhaps in many ways go primitive. Um, I, I've been talking to executives uh, for this research I'm doing in terms of what companies are doing uh, in terms of bringing production operations manufacturing back to the U.S., what they're doing in terms of technology. And I got to tell you, one CEO said to me um, last week, and I had to laugh, he said, you know, we use this new thing. And I said, what? He goes, it's called the telephone. (laughs) And I loved it. I I thought it kind of says it all, right? Right. Because in many ways, we've tried to, we're chasing the next big shiny object and I think even for for complex supply chain, one of the things that I've heard over and over again is you pick up the phone, you call your supplier, you say, hey, what's going on? That human connection, interaction uh, to know what's going on and to negotiate that way in terms of ultimately getting the best prices. So those are the kinds of things that we are seeing companies slowly uh, in 23 certainly move forward. But I think that as consumers – It's going to take us a while to see it. And number two, and this is something I've said to you many times on your show, the big uh, danger is, is there anything else that's going to come across? Remember, we had the freeze in Texas. We had the Suez Canal. We had the uh, um, Abbott plant in Michigan with, uh, with baby formula. So those are the kinds of things historically, and they just happen. That's just part of it. We are so weak right now that we really need time to bounce back before we see another, you know, burst of the avian flu or a manufacturing plant have a major quality control problem. And then the other thing that I have to say that I think is important as we bring manufacturing and production and everything back to the U.S., as much as we can, we can't we can't do everything. There's no question about that. One of the areas is I think, uh, personally, I think is really important is to bring um, uh, a lot of medication production back. Uh, We've outsourced so much of that. Generic drugs, most of those come from India, for example. We don't make penicillin in the U.S. 
I mean, these are things we're talking about life and death kinds of things. For me personally, that's really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that those things should be very high up there so that we are not talking about, you know, shortages of acetaminophen or shortages of medications for children, adults, or, or, or anyone. I consider that a priority. Let me get this in before we run out of time. I, and I know a good friend of mine has a, a, some car dealerships and I just wonder it, 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 when do we get back to, because the car business has changed radically, Will we get back to, to cars uh, or dealerships being full of cars and, and like we used to have or not? I mean, how long how long would that be in the offing until something like that happens? I think that we're probably looking at a year at best. And some of it is, um, you know, if, first of all, it takes time. So even if things were absolutely normal right now, uh, it would take time to adjust. The semiconductor issue is a really, really big deal. Uh, now, it could balance out um, with, you know, inflation. Uh, consumers are holding back because, remember, it's all supply and demand. So if demand, if consumers continue to hold back, they already are. Um, it, we may be able to see that supply where the lots start kind of filling up. And I've, I've seen that some of the prices are actually starting to go down a bit. Uh, but that's not going to happen possibly next summer at best that we could possibly see that. Next summer of 23 or 24? 23. Okay. 23. Thank you, Nada. I appreciate your time. Any You're final thoughts? So uh, no, but we are just uh, watching. It's evolving. That's, and that's thank a, you for having me. You bet. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate the information. Nada Sanders, Distinguished Professor of Supply Chain Management at Northeastern University. We're going to talk Louisiana politics and the governor's race when we come back, 935, 25 till 10. Let's take a look at traffic on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.